Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the Round 17 Review and Round 18 Preview. Of course, the big news heading into the round was the pink sweaty pig himself, Clary Oliver, once again being put out to pasture for a further three to four weeks after a setback in his recovery from a hamstring injury. It really did leave us all asking. (laughs) I'll pass the button to you to finish off that chant that usually follows that part of the song. What is it? No way. Are we allowed to swear on YouTube? I don't know anymore. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. No way. Get fucked. Fuck off. <laughs> and if we're not allowed to, I'll have to go back and, and just go beep, just beep, beep. Yeah. There was this Pack to the Rafters episode where they decided to play. Like, there was actually no, there was no context like as to why they listened to this song. And then, of course, they, like, when you play this song, they, like, it was at a, it was a live gig. And then they, um, of course, have the chant. And I was like, they started, it was like, no way. And I was like, this is like a family show. <laughs> and then they were like, get stuffed stuff off. Oh. And I was like, oh, come on. One, come on. But also like, why, like, why choose that? Like, there was no context as to why they needed to play that song specifically for the, for the show. Um, Makes no sense. It was just such a weird. Like going for something, something edgy. Was it when yeah. Pack the Rafters came back and it was, what was it called? Something to the. No, no, no. It was, it was in the original run. It was just, it made no yeah, sense. Okay. Made no sense. Got so many, so many questions about it. But anyway, I'm trying to like reference like something in, I guess the pop culture mm. side of things, as we do on every episode. But we, we kind of properly. work it in a bit more organically and comedically and everything yeah. else with that reference itself. So that's quite meta of us <laughs> in a roundabout way. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this round we also had some late drama. Mm. I did, especially with Ridley going down with what looked to be a pretty nasty knee injury. Um, but thankfully he has been cleared of any serious damage, having only sustained 
bone bruising. I don't know what that. I don't know why I I, I quote, quoted that, but that's that's it. That's that's what they quoted. It is, it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Essendon said it's an outside chance to play this weekend. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. On the other side, we've also got Sarong, who's going to miss uh, this week. You'd expect having been offered one week and the 20% of owners will be sweating on that. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see if Frio challenges, but given the strike rate for successful appeals, as there, it seems like there's a very slim chance of that actually being overturned. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And uh, we we're chatting about it pre-record here. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I obviously was watching the game because I'm a, a baggers man through and through, but um, yeah, I didn't even notice it live. And then they showed the uh, replay of it in the reverse angle. And unfortunately, he, even though it doesn't look like a sling tackle itself, he does hit his head. And as we know, with the AFL, they're just mm. literally based off um, circumstance. If anyone hits their head, doesn't matter if they get injured. They just like the outplays based off that. So, yeah, as you said, I reckon it's going to be pretty slim, unfortunately, for those owners of Strong. But in more pleasing news, Liam, that really did uh, sneak up on us. Like a librarian. And we've actually had our last round of DPB editions. That it really came from out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I know... We had a question last week. Oh, you know, what was the sort of updates with uh, DPP? How does it sit? But really, there were, wasn't any articles at all. Like through the Herald Sun, couldn't find anything. Um, other sort of AFL fantasy and super coach news outlets couldn't find anything. Um, so I think a lot of people have just caught us all by surprise. But I think it does show that really we aren't hinging upon it um, as much compared to early in the season. But we did uh, see a couple of big names miss out yet again, but also a couple of big names to be given some handy DPP status for the run home. So, of course, we'll jump into that uh, throughout this episode. But first up, of course, if you're not following us on socials where we post the latest news, post-match, Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter, which is at Supercoach underscore Edge. You can find myself at DemoJ88. You can find Liam at Liam underscore Liam Evans, I'm score 95. Gee whiz, got got me. Yeah, absolutely got me. I was about to read it, your old one. (laughs) About to uh, (laughs) unravel the scroll. Uh, Then we've got Facebook, just search Supercoach Edge, uh, and likewise Insta and TikTok. And uh, we haven't really uh, created an account on threads yet. I don't know if anyone is actually using it. Uh, I heard a bit of mixed reviews about threads. I've jumped on. on I've jumped on, but I haven't used it. It feels weird. It feels like Twitter mixed with Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And it kind of like having a scroll through, it kind of feels like really early days, Facebook or really early days, Twitter, where people are just like, I had lunch today. Oh yeah. So if you don't have like, any friends, yeah, it's, it's like you're just of, talking into the ether. Like there's, yeah, there's not really no any interactions. Yeah. It's kind of weird at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. We'll we'll uh we'll we'll uh, create an account for those people that are on there. But uh yeah, probably not as active as what we are on Twitter. I think that's pretty much just the uh our bread and butter. Um yep. and yeah, obviously a lot of people are following us on that already. But who knows? Twitter may just implode at any moment. Um and I'd be glad to see it do so off the back of Elon Musk just being an absolute dickhead. But anyway, <laughs> that's that. I don't know how you stuffed it up so bad. Mm. This is just Total tangent. The more I find out about him, though, the more I'm like, you just are not a good businessman. And it makes no sense. He's a terrible... I don't know how he, like, supposedly his IQ is, like, in the 150s. Like, honestly, for someone that's so smart, he's so dumb. Like, to inherit such a, like, multi-million, bordering probably on billion uh, dollar 
uh, venture with Twitter. Like he's just pissed his money up against the wall because he's he's driving it right into the ground. Lost yeah. all like the um, advertising and stuff through businesses that were on there. Um, but the best was one of my mates sent me this actually this morning, uh, a screenshot of him tweeting, Zuck is a cuck. And then also I propose a literal dick measuring contest. Like, cool, mate. Like, I know you're trying to be like cool and hip, but you're coming across as an absolute dweeb more than anything. Like, yeah, it's just so dumb. Yeah. He gives me like, just that. He's like the cringeworthy, the nerd that's like kind of friends with the cool people. And is just like yeah. trying to be edgy all the time to like, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, total tangent, tangent here. But total yeah. tangent. <laughs> but uh, let's jump into the first segment. Yes. Uh, with uh, the usual recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly. For those new to our show, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across this round of Supercoach. We'll touch on our own teams. Uh, and how they've performed and how we are going with our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. (laughs) (laughs) For people listening to the podcast, I was just mouthing it out. So I'd I'd, I'd kind of like push you into saying I was watching you. I was was watching you. (laughs) You were taking your time, so I had to keep repeating myself. (laughs) Very good, very good. The ultimate supremacy. It rolls on. The show rolls on, as uh, as they say. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, but let's kick it off with the good, of course, and it is Rowan Marshall. So Romo, mm. he put in a massive display. Many of us, I think, uh, didn't really think was on the cards considering he was facing the formidable duo in Gaundy, but he, of course, blew us away with a 149. So a very nice performance by Romo. Yes, yes, very nice indeed. Uh, moving on to the bad, and it's Tom Green. And mm. I think it's fair. Score of 73. Probably always could have been pushed into the ugly there. Um, yeah, very true. But he did have a round to forget, posting a season-low uh, disposal count of just 17, very low, uh, from Tom Green. So we'll be hoping that he bounces back next week against Adelaide. And season-low uh, output as well, 73 yeah. points. Just uh, not good enough, Greeny. Not good not enough. this stage of the season. I don't know if he was feeling a bit green. During the match, and uh, it was a bit off, but uh, who knows? Uh, it's a poor joke, but uh, let's round it out with the ugly and just like that ugly joke there. Jack Zebel starting as the sub. Now, Liam, you brought this to my attention, so you can weigh in here as well. But we both agreed it was one of the more stranger um situations. This is probably you know a bit of bit bordering on super coach, but more just general footy chat. Um, but I just think you know, an old slow defender being started as a sub just didn't make any sense at all, but. It did, of course, work out for them with North, but just with the fact that um, Griffin Logue went down with an injury and it's yeah. come out that unfortunately he's going to miss the next 12 months. Children, I think it was an ACL he might have uh, might have hurt. But on a super coach side of things, I just wasn't happy with him cramping Sheasel style <laughs> when he did come on. So that was the main super coach takeaway there. Um, so just just stay on the bench or just don't play, Jay-Z, because um, you're ruining us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I think it's just it's frustrating for owners as well because someone coming – someone – Someone like Jay-Z being the sub, mm. it just, you don't know what's going to happen. Could come on with 10 minutes to go in the last, could come on, you know, two minutes in because, you know, someone's done a shoulder or done a knee, whatever. Just feels like a waste and you have to rely on someone like a Chessa or you have to rely on a, a Marek potentially. Mm. 
um, because you assume that they're going to get a whole game or, you know, get most yeah. of the game compared to Jay-Z who, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's very, especially, very frustrating. Especially in a week where obviously Dunkley didn't play. Um, yeah. So for those people who had, yeah, stretched pretty thin already. Um, and if you've got Jay-Z up forward um, and if he can't swing uh, with his DPP, you kind of painted, painted into a corner. So rats. Yeah. Mate, just step on out. And we'll get into uh, the effect that Ratten's had on Sheasel as well when we chat about him later in the trade segment. But uh, let's kick it off with uh, our recap of our own mm. weeks, Liam. And uh, for myself, I ended up scoring uh, well, a very, very nice week. And I will yes. kick it off by saying, hallelujah. <laughs> so I finally cracked the top 1K yes. after around, I reckon, seven to eight weeks of banging on the door. And finally... Hodor, a.k.a. Sean Darcy, of course, he's just kindly let me in. Uh, I reckon he just became a little bit tired. He's like, you know what, mate, just come on in. I'm sick of you banging me out the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I ended up scoring a 2,589 mm. and rose up 158 spots to now sit, get this, a nice round number of 900th on the dot. That's nice. Overall. It's it's even sweeter with that that round number, I reckon. it's You just look at it and it just it just gives you a, just a bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling in the stomach. Yeah, I don't that's know. nice. I like really that. But uh, it was, of course, the first round of having a full Primo side with Mills coming in as my M8 courtesy of Briggs. However, technically, I guess I was still without a full Primo team on the park with Dunkley on the sidelines, which meant I had to field my boy, our boy, Seamus Mitchell, for a score of 55. So it could have been better, but it uh, wasn't the worst. So um I did actually have the option of, and I mentioned to this, mentioned this to you over the weekend uh, of putting Ching Cotter on field because I had Seamus Mitchell as the emergency on the bench just in case he got injured. Um, but I was like, no, nah, I probably won't. But uh, it turns out that uh, I gained an extra 10 points by playing Seamus ahead of Ching Cotter. So it worked out for the best there. Uh, meanwhile, Neil went bananas like we had all hoped. So locked in his score of 142 as my VC captaincy score. And he definitely was the Lord of the Hobbits for the round. Uh, just channeling my inner golem. I don't think I've done that for a little while. I think I did no, it uh, maybe a, a couple of couple of times last season. <laughs> I haven't had a golem appearance in a while. <laughs> he was a good little hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gollum, as he walks out the door. Bit of a uh, next up, we'll have Franco Cotzo coming back very, very soon. Don't you worry. Uh, but I also had eleven <laughs> other back. <laughs> back. Maybe a bit of a uh, bit of a combo. Franco Being back Cotso. for the finals. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Franco Cotzo speak. Maybe Gollum <laughs> speaking in the, a Franco Cotzo voice, like with his lingo. Uh, <laughs> Il yes. modernissimo. Um, but I also had eleven other one nineteen plus scores across the round in my team, with fourteen players turning up in total. So it was super handy. Uh, across my team and happy enough with the round overall as always for a full insight into my team in greater detail and the strategies I am adopting to climb the ranks from here on out catch this week's edition of Damo's team talk here on our YouTube channel. So check that out. If you're keen for a bit more content, if you're hungry, thirsty, juice, all that sort of stuff. Pure juice. Liam, how did you go on the weekend? Yeah, not as not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I did score two thousand five hundred nine, so not quite uh, up there with you. What eighty points? Eighty points down, uh, and I did manage to go up the rankings, hundred and ten spots to sit six thousand five hundred and forty. Earth overall, <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah. six five. Yeah, six five. Every time I feel like I'm going to say the wrong number, 
Yeah. Like 650 Ford or something. Ford, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this, uh, this was a weird week, I'd say, overall for me. Um, I had sort of both sides of the spectrum. I had, you know, sc- great scores across the ground. Like Nate, uh, Dacos's 139, had Neil's 142, Marshall's 149, and Goulden's 143. But also... I had Sheasel score a 65, Ridley was subbed for a score of 80, and Tom Green scored 73. Uh, but I think the real cherry on top of the cake was the only trade I made this week. I opted to bring in Mills at the expense of uh, for, for what he scored, 99. I was okay with that. Not, not, not too shabby. He was all right. But I moved on steel this week. It's been mm. underwhelming, underperforming for so long. Looked injured. I was sick of him by that stage. Um, only for him to then knock out a score of 140, which is, I think, about th- his past three weeks added up together. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. he's that. That's that 140 is what he scored in my team for the, the entirety that I've had him for. Um, it was his highest score of the season. Uh, oh, didn't mean gosh. I ended up losing out on 41 points. Um, as I did bring in Mills. Um, frustrating, but I don't regret it yeah. because based on that stage, you couldn't hold steel. No. Like I needed to do something. Um, like it's yeah. a sample size of pretty much what, um, you know, 16, 17 rounds, like 16 rounds yeah. uh, of him just being not at full flight and injured, hampered, all that sort of stuff. And there was no indication that, that he was – going to regain full fitness magically and start regaining, you know, all of his superpowers. He was kind of like Superman, uh, the man of steel, of course, but um, you know, he was tackling on mass as well, had 12 tackles and uh, what was it? 31 disposal, six marks. He looked really good. I watched the game uh, from, from go to woe against the D's and it looked like the old steel of old that we always harp on about um, and love with the high floor and high ceiling. Yeah. Yeah shit i felt for you really yeah look it is what it is it is what it is i it could be a i'd be wary of yeah exactly and i'd be wary of people jumping on him mm. um i'd be wary of him for those jumping on him unless you're really bringing him in as an m9 yeah um just because like this came out of nowhere really um yeah it is what it is we move forward uh this week though we'll be sweating on ridley's health so as we said at the top of the show, it was just bone bruising um, and not not a more serious injury. So there is an outside chance that he does play this week. I think he'll get the week off. So I'll have to uh, have to assess. I'll have him probably dunks as well on the bench, mm. um, you'd expect. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, mm. But anyway, let's see what happens as the week unfolds. Maybe there'll be some trades made. Maybe there won't be. Yes. How, how many trades do you have left? Two? Is it three? Three got three, three left so i could look to do something to get sicilian with ridley mm, yep um but that would probably leave me with one trade so yeah okay yeah yeah might be a move that i need to make though just need to take the risk i don't know we'll see yep. we'll see exactly well it could pay off as well i mean uh sicily uh we'll get into him in a bit more detail um shortly in the trade segment but um yeah he's uh he's very much a pod and he's he's a surefire way to sort of get the leg up over the rest of the competition, I think, from here on out. And, uh, yeah, if you can afford to take the risk, might be worth it. Um, 
but yeah, I feel for for yourself, obviously, and but then other teams as well that have Sarong potentially to deal with Ridley. If they're only owners of him, they would no doubt be owners also of Dunkley. So uh, as we've always been saying, the lead up uh, or sort of post buys, injuries and suspensions will hit. So uh, we're kind of being tested uh, of our bench depth more than ever at the moment. Um, so always keep that in mind. Uh, but let's uh, jump into just a recap quickly of our head-to-head overall. So I've gone out to 14 wins and you're the three, Liam, in our uh, head-to-head, head-to-head of ultimate supremacy. Um, differential uh, has gone from 6.46 to 7.26. But um, yeah, I must say, again, Liam, it's uh, I'm not going to hang my hat on it because, again, it's another week where you were hampered by injury. And when I heard that Ridley got injured, I thought, oh shit, what's he, what's he scored? And I was thinking back to, you know, when he got concussed um, and went off for, what was a sub 30 score or less than that. Yeah, um, And I thought, oh, something like that, but 80, at least eked out, I guess, a 80, decent yeah, yeah, score. Yeah. Not I too bad, but. I wasn't disappointed with eight. Yeah. But again, if it's he misses this just, week. Yeah. That's the it's issue. It's kind now. of like, it's virtually like 40 points mm. or 80 points spread across two weeks, which is an mm. average of 40. So um, looking at it from that perspective, it isn't, the best outcome, but hopefully, yeah, at least he can play and at least uh, hopefully they can manage him um, if he does play this weekend. But Liam, let's jump into quickly. We spoke of it at the top of the episode about some additions of DPP changes. So speaking of that, let's jump into it. It is changes. Yes, we've had the last set of DPP changes this week, and there's been some important additions, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. We'll only focus on the Supercoach relevant ones because, I mean, there wasn't that many, but there's no point talking about Mullen Pickett. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think the, really this is just going to be mainly for owners. It's going to give you some added flexibility as opposed to reasons to chase these guys because if you haven't got Nick Dacos... <laughs> Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but anyway, the key changes are mid forwards. Uh, we've got Devin Robertson getting mid forward uh, eligibility. And Damon, do you want to run through the defensive, uh, the defender mids? Defender mids, we have uh, Sam Doherty. So these are obviously the more notable ones, yep. uh, especially these first couple. Uh, Sam Doherty. Uh, so that's super handy. Uh, likewise, Nick Dacos. Again, if, uh, if you have a swing uh, in your midfield to defense, an easy way uh, or surefire way to help out with covering like a constable. There. Yeah, absolutely. If you still got him. Uh, Chessa. Chessa. Still got him. Yeah. Um, Angus Brayshaw is another one and also Jack Sinclair. So at least three of those four there are quite uh, decently owned, uh, especially Dacos and Sinclair. So super handy there. And also, as you mentioned, uh, Pickett has gained uh, – uh, forward, midfield, um, and parole, I think, as well, um, tacked on um, and soon to be uh, prison DPP, potentially. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens there with you. <laughs> Shall we do it? Shall we jump yeah, straight just... into, <laughs> into, the next, into the next segment? I love how you kept a straight face throughout that. You're oh. like, yes, I'm not I'm not gonna even going to touch that. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> I'm not going to engage. Um, you can see it coming. Let's uh, jump into the prices, right? Show me the money. For those tuning in for the first time, what are you doing? Go back, mm. start again, listen to the rest of the, listen to the rest of them. Silly. 
The Price is Right <laughs> is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets for you to target this week. Mm. And we'll uh, chat about some whether certain players should even be traded at all. Now, Damon, do you want to kick off with going, going, gone? Yes. Now, normally we'd uh, we'd have this built out quite nicely, but I think at this point mm. of the season now, there really isn't any players apart from those that have long-term injuries um, that we could list here or suspensions and whatnot. But again, considering that a lot of us already have full primo teams or nearing it, um, it really comes down to those that are looking to, you know, either punt cash cows or, you know, use a maxed out cash cow as a stepping stone to a genuine primo or using a trade for a luxury upgrade. So I think it's probably worthwhile just jumping straight onto the next category and bulking mm, them all together cool. in the chopping block. So again, these aren't uh, players that you do need to get rid of. Uh, I think that probably just comes down to your strategy, where your team's looking, how it's shaped. Um, yeah. trades you've got. Do. Yeah, how many trades you've got, how much cash in the bank, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, let's kick it off with on the chopping block here with Seamus Mitchell as a defender forward. He's priced at 386.8K, averaging a 70.9 with a break-even of 79. So he's coming off a score of 55, which has seen his break-even rise to a beyond, uh, a sc- sorry, a number beyond his average, meaning he could start dropping in price. However, he has been one of the more reliable rookies to date with a three-round average of 80, and with recent scores prior to the weekend, reading rather favorably with a 74, 82, 69, 74, 98, and 87. So given this strong scoring, we are both very strong advocates of keeping him as season-long bench cover. If you can, as he ticks the box scoring-wise, if he needs to be called upon uh, for cover, as has been the case with me with Dunkley. And he is a definite best 22 starter for the Hawks with his strong job security also. So a couple of big ticks there. And yeah. likewise, his DPP as a defender forward swing allows cover across both lines. If you have the DPP swing in the opposing line with, say, a Sheasel or, you know, a basement price rookie, yeah. uh, DeWar, whatever his name is from West Coast, uh, Himmelberg, as you mentioned yeah. as well. Um, but I think if you're unable to use any other maxed out rookie as a bit of a springboard to a genuine keeper and you need to use Seamus Mitchell as that avenue, I think only then is it worth trading him um, at the moment. But I think he's made over, over yeah, 262 actually, 262.9. So he's yeah. made a fair bulk of coins. So um, again, he's done his job if you're using him as uh, you know that stepping stone, as I said. Yeah, I agree entirely. It really comes down to your structure. I'd be mindful of trading him out if it's going to leave you bare on the bench. Um, Mm -hmm. But equally, sometimes you just got to risk it. And, you know, he's not scoring points if he's on the bench. Um, Like he's not, he's he's obviously scoring points, but he's not, his his points aren't counting to your score. So if he's, you know, sometimes you do have to risk it. If if you need to play a bit more aggressively, that's not, not the worst thing to do sometimes. Uh, Let's move on to Matty Johnson. Uh, he's mid eligible, 328.7K, averaging 52.8 with a break even of 84. And Justin Longmuir has done him over yet again. What has this poor bloke done? Yeah. Uh, he subbed him yeah, for the second time in the last four weeks. In fairness, we'll say the first one was due to a corky, but uh, yeah, yeah, looking a bit suspect now, if you ask me. Mm. Um, he ended up scoring <laughs> 84. In just 56% game time. But with that being said, he has shown a bit of a knack for scoring well enough in limited game time. He scored a 99 from 74% time on ground and a 96 from 62% 
time on ground. So that's only, you know, six six percent more game time mm. than what he got on the weekend. And he, you know, almost tripled that score. Yeah. So he was gonna have a big six percent of the time if he got that time on the ground. Oh, Could've he would have he would have like sixty right point up. sixty points. Anyway, whilst his uh, CBAs did rise from 32% to 35%, it was a bit of a surprise. He would have thought he'd get more of an uptick considering that Fife obviously has been is, was out with injury um, and would have left some uh, some uh, more pie, CBAs. Of yeah, more, more, around, more yeah. of the pie. Yep. More of the chili pie. to uh, More of consume. the triple chili pie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he has shown again some solid scoring in recent weeks. He's you know managed very decent and dependable scoring with 96, 99, and 70s to suggest he can operate as a decent season long bench cover if you do need him. If he is surplus to your requirements, though, as we discussed with Seamus Mitchell, I think you need to consider culling him. He's a maxed out cash cow, and you can use him to springboard to a genuine primo. I think it's understandable then to trade in this circumstance because when viewed as a pure cash cow, he has made. 200k and is absolutely ripe for the picking. The only other thing that I will say, if Sarong misses this week, mm. if you need cover, this could be a week. Uh, obviously, if you've got Sarong and you've got Johnson, I'd probably hold him because yeah. you need cover. But if you don't have Sarong but you do have Johnson, it could even be a week just to keep him and and try the loop. If you if if, if um you know you've might need it. Uh, could be in for a big score because there should be a nice uptick in role for him. Assuming that the, they don't challenge and, and get him off. Mm. Yeah, it's a fair point, especially considering that Sarong actually has had um, pretty much the most CBAs of uh, of any of the real midfielders, maybe alongside Brayshaw. But uh, over the course of the season, he's he's definitely had the most. He's at 82%. Yeah. And the next best midfield has been uh, Brayshaw with 78%. So on the weekend, he had 91% CBAs. Um, so obviously, there's if he misses the game, there's 91% CBAs that need to be split and uh, shared amongst the pack. Um, Brayshaw was 74% on the weekend. Normally, averages around about 90%. So he'd get, what, another 16%. And that leaves roughly uh, about 75% or thereabouts. Um, then to be shared amongst the rest. So Yagor Amira had 43%. He'd get an uptick. Um, James Aisha, he only played the midfield just to tag Walsh. Didn't really do a good job, um, but he might have a bit of a go on. Um, I think they got Collingwood this uh, this weekend. So yeah. he might get an uptick, but uh, then it trickles down to uh, to Matty Johnson. So um, yeah, you're totally right there. And a very, very good um, observation because, yeah, even though his break even is 84, as he's shown, as you pointed out, he can still score quite well and from limited game time as well. Um, but this could be the most CBAs that he gets all year and uh, could be an uptick in scoring for sure. Very nice. So uh, let's move on. And uh, sorry, just before uh, we do that, um, again, both of those guys, I think as well, whether or not you keep them or move them on, probably comes down to how many trades you have left. Yeah. Uh, if you have like sub two trades like myself, um, you probably need to keep them. Um just for cover, because, you know, with the lack of trades up your sleeve, it means you're going to have to rely more on these guys off the bench for cover. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind. And yeah, be uh, very interested to see uh, checking back in uh, sort of this time next week as to how Matty Johnson goes. Uh, but let's move on to Harry Sheasel as a defender forward. Uh, yeah. Priced at 459.1K, averaging a 94.1 with a break even of 119. 
And uh, probably just stating this from the outset, but you shouldn't really be considering trading she's unless you have, uh, just off the back of what I was just talking about there, unless really you have the excess trades to accommodate this, I guess we'll call luxury upgrade. Um, his scoring up output has definitely tapered in recent times with a ton in just one of his past six games, which is a far cry, obviously, from the seven tons he scored across his first eight games of the season. And the variation in scoring actually aligns with the moment. He was thrown into various roles from a rebounding defender to then playing as wingman, then played up forward and then having stints in the engine room, all mm. of which occurred from the moment Brett Ratton took over as the caretaker coach from round 10. Onwards. Sack him. As I uh, alluded to earlier when uh, talking about Ratton. Um, but yeah, this that's sort of the main correlation. Like mm. it's funny. It was like that. I think around 10, he actually scored quite well. Um, but then from then on, that's when he sort of had his role mixed up. He was playing more in the mid, more across the wing, all that sort of stuff. And does not bode well uh, for any continuity in your game. Uh, but this form could turn around uh, once Clarko takes back the reins, but there really isn't any definitive timeline as to when this will happen. I think they said uh, two weeks ago that in a fortnight's time, uh, Clarko will sort of reintegrate back into the club and then start ramping up um, the amount of work that he's doing. But having said that, it probably indicates that you probably still will be be more of a handover phase, I think, from Ratten um, yeah. to Clarko over maybe one or two weeks. So, yeah, just wait and see there. But the, the real, I guess, upside to Shees is the fact that he has the handy defender forward DPP status, which no doubt comes in handy for coverage purposes. And also being owned by 67% of the competition means that his downturn in scoring will not really impact you as badly as if mm. he was a pod so given, you know, obviously affects a majority of the competition, given he's owned by 67%. So there isn't really any real dire need to trade him, keeping that in mind. I think a lot of people will see those scores in isolation and think, shit, he's impacting me really badly. But again, just keep it always when it comes to these sort of bad scores with players, just check their ownership. If their ownership is quite high, they're probably not in a dire need to, to get rid of them ASAP. Um, that's why we're sort of classifying him more as a um, a luxury sideways trade or luxury upgrade in this case. However, upgrading him to, say, a very strong primo pod in, say, a Sicily will give you a big jump over the rest of the competition if you are looking for a bit of a leg up. So there is that strategic side of things as well. But again, comes down to how many trades you have up your sleeve uh, in order to do that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, not much more to say other than what you put out there. It's interesting though. It's funny that we're like wanting like a coach to come back. Normally yeah. we normally we don't like coaches. We um, want coaches to leave. We want, yeah, we want mass. coaches to leave. Um, but we specifically want a coach to come back to a <laughs> shore up she's or spot. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Totally luxury trade. Um, at this stage, unless you've got. I don't know, 10 trades left somehow. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing it if you've got, you know, probably less than five. Um five's probably the most I would do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, so if you do trade him out and he continues yeah. scoring pretty bad, it means you're in the what's that 33% of coaches that won't be impacted by his poor scores. And if the trade-in player that you get scores better than Sheasel, that's already yeah, it's better for you know. Yeah, it's a leg up, um, but positive points. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it really comes down to your 
your trade situation. Mm. But let's move into, and sorry, before we finish that off, the other player that you could consider trading out, and I'm not going to go into in too much detail, is purely just Jordan Ridley, if you do have him. Mm. Yep. Um, could be risk. He's probably going to have to manage himself with bone bruising in game. So it could be a risk to his scoring. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to miss this week. We don't know the answer to that. Um, again, I think that's another, like it's, it sits in the Sheasel category. It's a luxury trade at this stage because it looks as though he, if he, I reckon if he doesn't play this week, he plays next week. Um, yeah. So you're only trading him out for one week. Um, as the season gets closer to the end, obviously one week is longer in the context of the rest of the season. So you're more likely to trade someone out for a one-week injury. But, yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, but I don't think it's a definite trade-out at this stage. So let's move on to the get-them-ins. Uh, the fun part, James Sicily returning. Defender, 649K, averaging 113.4 with a break-even of 63. Do you remember Sicily? Yeah, I remember him. I remember him. It's like a fever dream having him in my side. Yeah. Uh, the Sicilian, <laughs> he's back from suspension again. Yeah, yet again. What? So he got suspended for a week a couple of, like a month ago. Like yeah, two Caminiti, months ago. Uh, hit yep. him across the back of the head or whatever. And he got suspended for three weeks. So now he's going for six. <laughs> Can he stay Me. in like uh, suspension free? For the yeah. remaining seven rounds. I feel like we need like, you know, in the Simpsons when they have like days since last incident. <laughs> I feel like we need days since last, last Sicily. Sicily. Yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, many were forced to trade him out. I was one, um, mm, which didn't matter. That's, that's been his ownership has been cut right down to 12% after it was actually pushing up toward 30. So he will be a relative pod given he is the highest average defender in the game. His low break even of 63 does mean that his price could go up even higher after this week with a matchup against North on the cards as well. And just, you know what, if you've forgotten this, how impactful he has been. He has a three-round average of 147.3 and a five-round average of 127.8. And his last four games prior to being suspended read as 134, 134, 172, and 136. Jesus. If you're in the market for a defender and have the trades to accommodate, Sicily should be at the absolute top of your shopping list. That is incredible. That is incredible. That's like virtually with those 134, 136 scores, that is at the moment anyway, the way that she's all scoring, using him as an example, as we just spoke about him, that's like double the amount of score yeah. that she's all punching out almost in uh, some some cases I for think... those rounds. To that point as well, like he's not coming back from injury. He's just no. coming back from a suspension. Like if he was coming back from injury, you'd probably see like uh, the 63 probably wouldn't be in question, but you might see him go, you know, 80, 90 mm. and have a bit of a substandard score. But there's no reason he can't just come slot back in and score 130. Especially um, against North first up. Yeah. I don't know what the rest of their season yeah, they um, like. so they got North, they got uh, then they got Richmond, uh, St Kilda who give away a shit ton of points to defenders. Yeah, um, in his third game back, Collingwood, I don't know if they do. Collingwood, um, nah, not really. But not, they don't give away. It's kind of neither. 
yeah, no positive um, correlation. Then there's the Bulldogs, round 22. Bulldogs, they give away a few points. Yep. Uh, then Melbourne, round 23. Melbourne, they, they give away the second most points. Yep. Oh, Jesus. And then Frio uh, to round it out, round Frio 24. Frio give away the second least. But by that stage of the season. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's like done and dusted like you've either got him or you don't um because yeah. i think as well that's the other thing to keep in mind is that like that low break even just look going by Supercoach plus for example here they've got him projected to score 132 against north on the weekend and a projected price rise of 31.1k bringing his overall price to 680 he's already basically un- un- unaffordable yeah like he's already too expensive for most people to get in if he goes up to 680, 700, he's, no one's yeah. going to get him. And then his break-even there kind of settles around about the 120 mark. Um, and if he's scoring 130, 140s from then on, his price is going to go up in small increments, you know, of a few thousand dollars yeah. at a time. And potentially peak, going by Supercoach Plus again, at round 21 um, against the Pies at 698.8K. Um, so it's just incredible. Like he could be as pricey as uh, Bont and Pally at the moment. Um, or Dacos comparatively. So, his uh, or Dunkley, I think he's probably one of the more expensive players in the game. Um, actually, no, Bonti's, I think, yeah, 686.9k at the moment, but yeah, um, like and then sort of peaking and then <laughs> facing St. Kilda, who concede a shit ton of points to defenders, which again, just as a reminder, that's the team that he scored 172 points against mm. in round 11 before he got suspended the first time. Um, so crazy, absolutely incredible. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think we'll talk about it a bit more in the questions because a few questions about him. Yep. So let's, yep. let's leave it there. Let's, let's leave reserve it, there. it for that. Yeah. So let's move on to, uh, the next candidate, uh, to potentially get in. And it is Darcy Parrish as a midfielder price at 582k averaging 109.5 with a break even of 76 and he's only in a staggering 2% of teams so presents as a definite pod and one we know we can one we know that can score quite well historically but much of that low ownership is attributed to missing 6 weeks with injury but if you are in need of a mid upgrade he is someone to target and as a pod could help catapult you up the ranks and help you win a crucial league head-to-head. Uh, has averaged 116.3 across his first three games back since returning from injury with a 131 and a 126 in his past two weeks alone. He has a mixed bag, though, for his remaining seven-week fixture. I know a lot of him has been made about Essendon's fixture. Liam, you know all about this. Um, but I don't think it's actually... It's not you know, as it's easy much, as... It's not as easy as what someone's saying. There's only um, two gimme games. But anyway. Yeah, which are, are North and, and West Coast... Uh, really. Um, and in terms of favorable um, matchups, when we talk about uh, correlation games, um, North, West Coast and Collingwood all concede points to opposition mids. So yeah. um, those are really the only three gimme games from a super coach perspective. Um, but again, from a head to head footballing perspective, um, those are really the only two gimme games and the pies who knows could go either way um, in a game between two arch rivals. Yes. Yes, I. If I needed a midfielder, I'd be getting him in. Mm. Uh, we know the ceiling he can have. Um, he and Merritt are working well together. The mix is working. He's actually getting 
from what I understand, if uh, this isn't off the top of my head, um, he's getting less time on ground, um, okay. which is actually benefiting him because he's being able to create more pressure acts, which are giving him more scores. Um, particularly on the weekend, I think he had a slight drop in his time on ground, but don't quote me. Yeah, it's interesting, that. isn't it? Um, well, yeah, like his rate of scoring in every single game, bar round three against the Saints, he's actually scored <clears throat> over a point every minute. Um, but he is averaging just quick sums there, I reckon, around about 1.2, uh, 1.3, maybe, yeah, 1.2 ish, 1.3 across the course of the year in terms of points per minute, which is absolutely elite. Um, and to do it so regularly is insane. Um, as well. So uh, it shows that he doesn't really, and probably merit as well. He's up there um, every single mm. game. He's veered around about that 1.2, 1.3 mark um, where he's gone bananas. So yeah, can score points um, with his eyes closed. So yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty handy, isn't it? Yep. So one, one I'd definitely be considering, I think his last two weeks really have been um, what I think we can expect from him. Also, not that I want to, you know, jinx him. We'll touch on this a bit later. The last game he played at GMHBA, he scored 199. It was a absolute shit night. It was yeah. wet. It was cold. It was miserable. I was there. Uh, and, yeah, I think he scored 199 or 190 or something. So just saying it's going to rain on Saturday. Ooh. He's playing at GMHBA Stadium. Jeez. I'm going to be there, freezing my ass off. Ooh. So you know what? It's all. It's all. History, History is literally repeating. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point. One ninety. Yeah. One ninety. He's going to absolutely pick it up. And like, think about the fact that he scored one. I mean, this is a very different score. One thirty-one, though. Oh no, sorry, one twenty-six last week, wasn't it? Um. Against Port in the rain, like yeah, it's, it's it's going to be favourable conditions for him. Yep. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Callum Mills. Let's move on to him. Mid eligible, four twenty seven point one k, averaging eighty nine with a break even of thirty nine. He definitely passed the eye test the week prior when he had seventy six CBAs. Seventy six percent CBAs didn't have seventy six CBAs. That would have been uh, an absolute. He would have scored like two million, uh, <laughs> and he did score one hundred six in his first full game back from injury, and that continued on the weekend when he was given sixty three percent time percent time of ground for a score of ninety nine. He was swung back at one stage, drifting up to the wing in the third quarter, and then was put back in the engine room for the final term and continued dominating. He was on like sixty, I think. Yeah, he um... like quite late, and then just absolutely piled it on. He um I think it was due to the fact that I oh, will I reckon across the entire weekend, champion data, I don't know what they were doing. It's like they went out for a couple of smokos and just forgot to update games, but there were so many <clears throat> like lag points that they didn't yeah. actually pay until like ages down the track, um, late in the game. And it's like they did that with Callum Mills. Like, oh shit, I was rushing back, bursting through the door and scuttling across the keyboard. Oh, just punch in bloody Just had a pie in the oven. Pie yeah, pie in the oven. <laughs> Or maybe it was the um maybe it was the bird, the drinking bird from the Simpsons that was just like oh, yes. left tapping on the keyboard. I mean one point at a time. 
one point at a time. It's drinking the water! <laughs> <laughs> Going back for more. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was interesting, wasn't it? He actually, he went up, um, uh, what, 23K on the weekend as Ooh. well. So good time to um, to get him. Obviously, as well, just one thing to consider. Warner will be out for another week or two, so you can be assured that the time in the engine room across that period should be uh, should be there. And whilst the CBAs may take a hit when he returns, it is something that should continue to remain for the rest of the year. Um, you'd expect that he'd, yeah, continue getting CBAs. I mean, he's, he's an elite mid. Like, it's where his place is. It's, it's where yeah. his home is. Where your home is, just like you know, um, Happy Gilmore, yeah, that's what to go to your home, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely someone to um, to consider if you haven't got him already. Yeah. He is a definite bargain, um, as yes. I said, only went up by the 23k or thereabouts, and um, yeah, a, a great M8, which is what I've I've used him, um, as in my own team, and I think you've done likewise, yeah, so. I have. Very nice. Well, uh, let's round it out with uh, someone who's largely forgotten about and someone that uh, we both had early season him uh, yes. and was looking like he could have been one of the biggest breakout contenders uh, alongside Tom Green. And it is the uh, UDL can himself, LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac, and he's priced at 524.8K, averaging a 107.9 with a break even of 72. And he was another who has suffered from injury throughout the season, but bounced back nicely in his second game returning from injury with a score of 134 against worthy opposition in Geelong at uh, GM HBA Alphabet Stadium, as you call it, Liam. Um, at full fitness, we saw what type of ceiling score he's capable of back in the first two rounds of the season when he scored a 143 and 155 before injury struck and limited him across multiple games. Also, like Parrish, his ownership, is super low at just 5%, so is a big pod. Is a risk knowing his poor durability, obviously, this season, but is someone at the cheaper scale of 500K, um, closer to that mark, that might be worth the punt if you don't have the cash to reach uh, any higher on the shelf uh, for the top shelf of primos in the midfield. So, um, again, he's someone that I'm looking at, uh, probably looking at uh, you know potential 2024 selection. Uh, again, I might, might dip my toe back in the water, but um, yeah, with limited trades as well, it is a risk um, because if, if he does get injured again with a similar, I think he had ankle injuries and, and uh, whatnot. So, um, but yeah, he's a pod. Um, could be a high risk, high reward. Who knows, Liam? I don't know. It, it's, 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 <laughs> sorry. Like I put him in the list and I do, I like him as a pick, but his injury history is the big concern. Like his injuries this season, like he just seems to break down every couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and yet you might as well go for, you know, a hundred K cheaper in the form of Mills, mm. who I think at his peak can at least maybe try and match LDU, maybe a little bit less, um, you know, if you're comparing both at full fitness, but um, you might as well save a hundred K and go for yeah. Mills, I think who, yes, granted was injured, um, but at least for the time being has the role um, and doesn't really come with that risk. And I think, yeah, as we mentioned with Mills, he has that role. Uh, sewn up uh, potentially for the rest of the season, uh, you know, by and large. I agree. Uh, let's move on to the bubble. And there are no rookies currently on the bubble. Mm. Uh, but at this stage of the season, you're probably not yeah. really needing any. Um, there are a couple upcoming. Cooper Harvey, his mid-forward, 117.3K. Um, Mo Woden, yep. what his first Taj, name is. Taj. Taj, that's it. 
He's also coming up. Um, I don't know what is he mid forward as well. Yes, mid forward, one twenty three point nine. Yeah, mid forward, one twenty three point nine k. Again, like if it's one of those hard things. I think if you're going between him and Harvey, I'd probably lean towards Harvey. Probably got better job security. Yeah. Um. Then Woden does, considering the the two scales that their teams are at. Yeah. Um. Opposite ends. Um. And yeah, that's sort of the thing that I'd be considering there. But yeah, I think at this stage of the season, you're probably looking less to playing rookies and more to non-playing loophole options like a Dewa from uh, from the Eagles, or mm. if you don't have a Nick Madden, someone like that. Um, where you are just getting the absolute bank most amount of cash um mm. and getting some loophole options that that play late in the round. Yep. Yeah, spot on. That's probably the um <clears throat> the name of the game at this stage, unless you are desperate for some sort of cover. But yeah, even then, uh if you have guys guys on opposite lines that you can kind of um switch with DPP and whatnot. Um and then as you say, maximize the most amount of coin by trading yep. down to a um a loop option. Um that is definitely the go to maximize that coin. But Liam, now's the time to, well, for one of us anyway, to put on our captain's oh. hat and uh, unfill the flag and sail into the distance as you frantically look for something. I don't know what. I'm looking for be. a flag. There is no flag here. No. There is a hat, is. though. And there is a captain I see here. <laughs> aye, aye. Toot, toot. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Toot, toot. Look at me. I'm the captain no. You are the captain now. Oh, we lost I you for a the... second then. You were you in the black screen. I don't know what happened there. Oh, no. It's, uh, I'm it's still the, looking for a flag. You're being hijacked by other pirates. Um, that's, I have to get a pirate. We'll I'm have a to nice get a pirate flag. You are a, a nice, nice captain. captain. You are. I, I'm waiting, one. as we mentioned last week, for you to roll into my driveway because your boat or yacht is on wheels. <laughs> have you seen... <laughs> Have you, I don't know, this is very niche, community. Like, if you haven't watched it, get on it, everyone. Um, but there's literally an episode where they um, they basically do college. It's basically about college, and they do really weird subjects to get credit. And one of them is, like, captaining a ship. And they literally have, like, a yacht in the car park on wheels. And that is, whenever you say, like, I'm going to roll in, I'm like, that's what I imagine, is that I'm yeah. just on that show. Um, anyway, you just need to get on it. It is absolutely yeah. hilarious. First three seasons are good. Oh, okay, very good. We'll, we'll get on it. And uh, now so every time it's I on say Netflix, doot, doot. well, that's your incentive. If you've got Netflix, check it out. Yeah, there you go. Just check it out. Getting a lot of information on this episode. Our thoughts on Elon Musk. Yeah, no. yeah it's, it's very Netflix uh, very recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> One stop shop and not just super coach chat. <laughs> All that sort of stuff, yeah. Just oh, uh, back a, a to the does, reviews. Back to the, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, it does show that we're kind of veering into that part of the season, isn't it, where we've got uh, less and less to talk about. Um, yeah. Still informative, no doubt, but uh, we're trying to provide a little bit extra uh, lifestyle, uh, pop culture, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So there we yeah. go. Very nice. Anyway, this is back to chapter now. <laughs> and we're going to chat about VC and C options for you. So let's kick off with the vice captaincy options and... Sydney, Saturday, for Thursday night, Sydney versus Western Bulldogs at the SCG 720. And we're going to go with my boy, Errol. Errol Goulden. He has an yeah. average of 69 
in his last three games against the Stogs for scores of 81, 73, and 53. He's averaging 110 for the season. Remember when mm. people traded him out? Fools. Uh, he has a three-round average of 143.7. And three, his last three scores would all have been captaincy worthy, 164, 124, and 143. Two of those games, 164, 124, happened at the SCG. Oh, wowzers. Oh, wowzers. Uh yeah, and he, he actually scored quite well. Uh was it the Thursday game last week they played? They played the weekend, I should say. Thursday last the last game that he played was Thursday night, yes. Yeah. So uh he loves the early games as well. Yeah. Mm, tempting, mm. very, very tempting. Much very like this tempting. next guy, who uh also has a uh, a very, very nice average historically against the Swans, mm. uh, but also a recent form line, and it is the uh the English breakfast himself, Tim English. He's got an average of 130 in his last four games against the Swans with scores of 152, 97, 126, and a 145. And recent form line, he's got a three-round average of 130 and a five-round average, just extending that out to 129. Uh, yep. And his recent games, his past, uh, we'll, we'll go through the past five games. He's had a 156, a 99, uh, but uh, that was kind of the uh, the floor game by his standards. Then a 133, a 127, and a 130. So he is well and truly in form um, against Tom Hickey, you'd imagine. Uh, should have a day out around the ground as well. More of a new age ruckman v the old traditional lumbering ruck in Hickey. I reckon he is a, a big, big chance of going large yet again. Mm, so I like I him. agree. I agree. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, Marcus Bontempelli. Highest priced player in the league at the minute. Uh, he has an average of 110, sorry, of 122.25 in his last four games against the Swans with scores of 108, 101, 114, and 166. Now, let's have a look at his recent scores. Yeah. 125, 169, 114, and 123. Kind of. Bit of a mixed bag there, all above 100. You have to go right back, actually, to round three, the only game where this season where he didn't score 100. Mm. So he's been in some good form. Um, I feel like whenever we've got the VC on him, he scores like 123. Oh, yeah. Or 121. Always around about that mark. And it's like, do you take it? Do you not take it? What do you do? And, of course, you've got to take it if it's 120. Yeah. But. It's just so frustrating. It's just like 130 would be nice. 126 yep. would be nice. And you, like, you're not going to say no to 126. You might say oh, no nah. to 124. You might think, oh, what do I do with 124? But 126, <laughs> that is a that is locked in. Yeah, exactly. You lock it in. You just got to lock it in. And that oh. kind of it lends me to, I mentioned it in um, just the strategy side of things in my team talk episode. But now I'm kind of, and I don't know if you're the same, Liam, but um, putting the VC on my best, most favorable captaincy choice. Uh, and then if he fails going for someone else, just because, for example, on the weekend, did that with Neil. If Neil ended up putting in a shit one, a lot of people put the VC on someone early in the yeah. round. Then they put their C on Neil and were locked into whatever Neil scored. At one stage, he looked like he was going to score around about 115. 
and then came home with a wet sail. Um, but if he scored 115, it would have meant that uh, it's a nice way to sort of get a leg up on the rest of the competition. Yeah. Um, sort of a bit of an anti-correlation, anti-pod, I guess. Um, Anti-captain pod, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Um, but yeah, uh, Bont is, uh, going back to him, uh, he's a, a very, very nice chance. And yeah, I think he's I think he's due, surely. He's a stewie. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the next game, and it is between Melbourne up against Brisbane on Friday at 7.50 p.m. at the MCG. And first up, we have the track. Christian Petrarca has got an average of 110.5 in his last um, four games against the Lions with scores of 97, 97, 117, and 130. Although having um, run through all those um, scores, I must admit, he is someone that uh, I'll be looking um looking past just yeah. because of the fact that he played a majority time up forward on uh, the weekend, just in the absence of uh, Bailey Fritch and Goodwin has come out and said that he will play more time up forward until Fritch returns. I know he actually scored quite well. It was, it was quite, um, quite funny, but uh, we, we mentioned with Petrarca last week uh, that he ended up scoring four behinds straight, didn't convert any of those. And then on the weekend, he ended up converting every single one, four goals. So yeah. uh, he's gone from 0% uh, goal um, accuracy to 100%. So mm. classic. Um, but yeah, scored 120 on the weekend. Still has an impact up forward, but again, with stints in the midfield, but again, I probably would look elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, you got to consider that he scored kicked four goals and, kick, and scored 120 on the weekend. Mm. Um, yeah. Probably hard I, done by, I reckon, because they were very yeah, crucial rough. goals. A little um, bit rough. Given the game was still in the balance within a couple of goals, two to three goals. So again, champion data, where were you? Stop having a tea break, a smoko, check in the oven, um, and stop allowing the um, the drinking bird apparatus to do your job. Although they'll probably do a better job. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next player on the other side of the field. It is Lockie Neal. He has an average of 99.75 in his four games against the D's with scores of 100, 111, 104, and 84. Bit of a poor matchup there. Yeah. I, I mean, mean he's, he's, he's past couple of games. What's he done? Yeah, 142, exactly. 143. He's due for a downer, I think, more than anything. Yeah. Is this, is this the game where – or does it continue? Who knows? Could be a nice one to put the VC on, take the risk. Yep. Um, Because I think people will be scared away by that historical form. Mm, if they looked, yeah. I reckon there'd be some people that would have the recency bias and be like, oh, we'll just back him in. Yeah. And then, yeah, there'd be those people that um, look a little bit closer because he has actually scored his past four. He scored a 144, then a 114, then a 143 and a 142. So he scored 140 plus in three of his last four. Um, mm. So interesting. Tough one. Uh, let's move on to next game, Saturday. 1.45 p.m. It is Collingwood up against Freo at the MCG. And who else could we have but Nick Dacos here? He's only played the Dockers once for a score of 65, but let's throw that out. Who cares? Yeah. That was last year. Exactly. Let's look at his last one, two, three, four, five, six games. His last six games, Yep. Let's do only that. one was below 122. He had scores of 124, 123, 118 against Melbourne, 132, 149, and 139. All Rich, rich vein of form. 
crazy lock-in captaincy scores. Yeah. And like just looking at matchups, I know like I mentioned earlier that James Aish may try and run with him. He's not going to do a job. I'm sorry. Um, if he couldn't quell Sammy Walsh, he's not going to quell Nick Dacos. Um, no chance. Um, he has been actually good across the journey with some players. I think he actually did a good job on Oliver historically. Aish, harping back to last year, as a couple yeah. of games there blanketed him, but uh, he's a different beast, uh, as we know. Yeah, uh, Nicky Dacos. Um, so yeah, I like him, Liam. You like him? Yeah, I like him as well. Yep, very nice. Well, let's move on to the other side of the field, and it is Andy Brayshaw. He's got an average of 96 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 94, 110, 106, and a 74. Um, so, yeah, probably less so. I think everyone pals in comparison in this game compared to Dacos, really. Mm. I'm going to throw in a bit of a left field option here, and it's Luke Ryan. Mm. He has oh, an yes. average of 104 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 102, 108, sorry, 102, 88, 131, and 95. But we really need to look at his uh, his recent form, mm. which I'm getting up as we speak. Uh, he has scores of 143 in round 15, 97 against the Bulldogs, which poor score but uh, mm. did, did sort of start playing a bit more as a lockdown. And 168 against your mob on the weekend. And obviously it didn't work out, didn't, didn't assist them. Uh, who do they play? Collingwood. I mean, their season's pretty much over, I'd say now, Frio. Yeah. Like looking at their run home. It yeah, does make me wonder. Yeah, okay. It does make me wonder with, with Ryan, like we've spoken about him, being switched between an unaccountable role, intercept, defender, and then more of a lockdown defender, um, mm. which we saw in the the week prior against the Bulldogs. But I wonder now what the game plan is going to be for um, Justin Longmuir. Like, what, what does he do? Like, as you say, the – I mean, is the season shot? Are they still within a chance? I don't know Maybe if they are. They, they might be, so I uh, don't know. They are sitting in 14th spot on 28 wins, so they are – Essentially, two games out of the yeah, two games, Ooh, no, three yeah. games. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, they are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't help as well that Carlton and Richmond both have the uh, the draw, so they got the extra two points on, on them, so they'd need to get an extra win. Yeah, and Geelong as well, with their yeah. thirty four. I think that's probably it's probably season over for them. Yep. Like, I mean, looking at their run home, they played Collingwood. You'd expect a loss at the MCG. Sydney at Optus could be a win. Geelong at GMHBA, yeah, 50-50, you could argue. Brisbane at Optus, West Coast at Optus, Port Adelaide at Optus, and then Hawthorne at the MCG. Mm. So I think they've got to, like, realistically, they've got to make three wins while others lose. So their fate's yeah. really not in their hands. Um, so to yeah. that point, I agree with you. What what does that mean to Luke Ryan? Yeah, and like, Justin Longmuir. Do, do they do they change things up? That's the thing. Like I, I'm surprised they actually didn't use him more as a lockdown defender. Anyway, with the two prong attack with with Charlie mm-hmm. Kerno and Harry Mackay, it didn't really make any sense to me. Um, sure, he got like intercepts and whatnot, but largely it was just playing as a loose man, a lot of switch play, all that sort of stuff. And yeah just junk time stats, that sort of stuff. So um, I guess probably matchup dependent, like the pies 
Who do they have as like my check? I don't know if he comes back this week. Um, who have they got? Frampton, uh, Mason Cox. Yeah. Maybe he continues playing his, his, uh, a seagull type uh, defender role, but yeah, who knows? It's dependent. I think matchup dependent and yeah. See if they change things after the weekend. Um, We'll wait and see with that. But uh, let's move on to the next game. Gold Coast up against St. Kilda on Saturday at 2.10 PM at HBS Stadium. Uh, Jack Sinclair, he's got an average of 89.75 in his last four games against the Suns with scores of 113, 113, a 70 and a 63 um, scored a bit of a downer on the weekend by his standards anyway, by recent form line 96. Mm. Uh, but prior to that, he has scored 125, 102, 133 and a 116. Um, so who knows? Might be a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a pod option more than anything. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to the next game and it is Carlton up at your mob. Carlton up against Port Adelaide on Saturday at 435 at Marvel stadium. And just before I get into this, Carlton, Vossi, I'm telling you now, I've gone deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Their season yep. is this. This is like Essendon's 2021 season, 2022 season. It's all the same. Mirrored. It's mirrored. It's exact. They he literally said, "We simplified the game plan." That is what Rutten said. <laughs> they started uh... winning anyway. I'm not going to go down that hole again. Um, mm. I feel like that guy with like the the all the red. Like string being like, look oh, at my yeah, board. Like I look crazy. It's, it's true. We we spoke about it like weeks ago when I, when I was so frustrated. I'd hit my bottom virtually as a Carlton support. I was like, I'm so sick of this. I want him gone. Like he is the most stubborn prick of all time. Like the fact that it's taken him 16 rounds to adjust his game plan, mm-hmm. and our season's virtually over. Like we don't deserve to be in it at the moment. Um, even though yes, we've performed quite well, but off the back of all these changes he's made, is like all of us supporters, we're not coaches, we're not tacticians, but we could see what the issues were. Slow play, hugging the wings, not going through the middle, kicking inside 50, hugging the pockets where, again, the um, conversion rate was super low, hence the reason why we're kicking more behinds than goals. And magically you see in the light all of a sudden because his job's on the line. Like how selfish can you be? So again, whilst I'm happy with the turnaround in form, I think we're the sort of side where it doesn't take the biggest rocket scientist to come in and be like, all right, Let's just identify, mm. you know, the I guess the strengths of the team and play to those strengths, and yeah, simplifying it and actually changing those things that I've identified just there has helped. But yes, again, it's been against lowly opposition as well, which a lot of people are forgetting, and it's going to come unstuck, I reckon, this weekend against Port. Hopefully not. Hopefully the damage is minimised, but um, you're going to have perspective there. And I agree with you, Liam. I think it's, um, it's exactly the same. It's just it's going to go down the same path weirdly similar. Yeah. Essendon had the exact, like we had the 2021 season where we went, you know, we, we probably overperformed 2022. We had better expectations. Not that I'm saying that like we had a good season in 2021, mm. had a start 2022. Like I remember looking at the team being like, what the hell, like what, what is the strategy here? Mm. Um, then it was all of a sudden we simplified the game plan. They started winning and it was like that sugar hit. Yeah. Um, that doesn't last. But anyway, yep. just wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah. Let us know as well. Like from here on out, if you uh, if you want us to minimize the amount of free chat, we will happily oh, yeah. do so. But but I think it's it's always good as well just to uh, sort of fill in the, because um, a lot of this stuff is topical. Um, 
does tie in as well with uh, some of the stuff we talk about super coach related wise anyway. So um, if you want us to ramp it up, we're happy to do so in lieu of, um, yeah. I guess, less to chat about on a super coach side of things as well. And I think as well, we'll try and do it. Like I think the 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 Luke Ryan, Justin Longmuir mm. kind of chat is more topical. That one was yeah. me just having a rant. Yeah. And sorry. Um, and uh, you put the fishing line out there for me with uh, no bait needed. And yeah, uh, I, 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 I chomped it. I chomped it down. Uh, as people can can see uh, on the live streams for the the Tuesday, uh, oh sorry Tuesday for the Thursday team sheet announcement uh, live streams that we do, and uh, when Pandidow isn't when he's omitted when he's not selected, I go down a rabbit hole. So people, I think, lap that up. They just liked seeing me. Uh, <laughs> they like seeing you annoyed. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Carlton up against Port Adelaide. Sammy Walsh. He's got an average. He's got a very favorable average against mm. the power, 125.5, with scores of 128, 144, 115, and 115 in his last four. And returned to form on the weekend with a 119. He did. He did. And I reckon that's probably the best game I've seen him play all season as a Carlton man, but also um extra invested as an owner as well. Yeah. Um played a bulk of time uh in the midfield. And of course that's uh that actually went against against the um the amount of time that he that he needed uh up forward to be DPP eligible. Um so Vossi, he's done it again. Absolutely did it again. Had the Vossi. Um but yeah he uh he's at full flight I reckon again now he's back to tackling. Um as I said James Ace tried to shut him down at one stage uh, in the second half. Just couldn't do it. Um ran all day. And just quality possessions. He's back to full flight. He's not wasting possessions like he was early in the season when the team was performing like shit. So looks as though he's got his confidence back and at full flight. So I don't mind that uh, that that pod VC selection. Yes. Um, let's round it out with uh, a couple here. But uh, first up, we have uh, Rosie. He's got an average of 68.65 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 91, 54, 96, and 34. Ended up scoring a 95 in the weekend. Bit of a mixed bag uh, for him across the course of the season. Um, prior to that, though, against your mob, he scored a 141. So he can flash that uh, that ceiling score mm. there. So if you want to take a little bit of a gamble, something a bit different to the pack, he is one to look at. Yes. And rounding this game out, we've got Zach Butters. He's got an average of 106 in his last four against the Blues. with scores of 130, 96, 110, and 88. Don't mind it. Uh, hasn't been the best sort of yeah. form line in recent times, but again, could be a VC. Option. I don't mind a pod yeah. VC. Like yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's delve into the. Uh, we'll classify these as captaincy options because they do veer into the later side of the round, and it kicks off with Geelong up against Essendon on Saturday at seven twenty-five PM at Alphabet Stadium, which is GMHBA. Uh, first up, we have Tom Stewart. He's got an average of 114 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 123, 103, 107, and a 122. And looking at the uh, the matchup side of things, Liam, mm. uh, exploitation side of things, and Essendon give up the third most points to defenders. So um, I'd be looking at him potentially as a nice... I reckon I like him as a bit of a VC option. Could be a... Um, you know, a C option late um, if you are lacking for options, but there are quite a few this round, but uh, nonetheless, I don't mind that from a matchup side of things. On the weekend, he had a decent matchup again against North Melbourne, um, who do give away quite a few points to defenders likewise, and he scored a 124. So 
I think you'll probably score around about that um, once you align both of those factors there. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on to my mob. Zach Merritt has an average of 108.25 in his last four against the Cats with scores of 91, 113, 107, and 122. But again, I want to look at his, I'm going to say recent history. I'm going to go right back to round 10. Uh, these are his scores, 162, 110, 137, 105, 126, 168, and 136. Wow. Not a bad run. Not a bad run. Not bad at all. And some very nice captaincy scores in there. Could be could be in for another big one. Like his last three rounds all have been captaincy worthy. And again, some good opposition, 168 against the power. Again, wet night, close game. Yep. Just telling you now. It's yep. now it's gonna be like bone dry after I've said this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been no rain for the next week. You could when you're down um, there, you can give us a bit of a weather report, you know, uh just just you know, what's the precipitation in the yep. air, you know, wind, all that sort of stuff. Yep. And if there's no rain, I'm just gonna like call in a favor with, you know, one of those big fire, you know, the 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 helicopters or planes to put out the fires oh, and just yes. be like, bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> just unload all yeah. this water onto, onto the players. Just absolutely floor them. Yeah. Um I'm like, where does <laughs> all this rain come from? It's big <laughs> quite dangerous. Oh. But uh yes, that is an option, uh, for sure. But uh I was someone else do it pre-match, but okay, I guess I can do it during the game. Like, oh my God, sorry, uh, Liam, the helicopter's running late. Uh, Has the game started yet? Yes, in fact, we're into the second quarter. Drop the water. (laughs) (laughs) Initiate Watergate. (laughs) Initiate the Watergate water. Um, So let's move on to uh, Darcy Parachute. Again, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, relishes these conditions if it is wet. Um, But Mm. uh, nonetheless, even if it's bone dry, he uh, racks it up. Has an average of 108.25 in his last four games against the Cats. And he has scores of 108, 99, 190, and a 79. So, uh, Liam, that 190 was again, as you mentioned, at GMHBA Stadium in similar Mm. conditions, potentially. Uh, Could it be history repeating? I remember that night so well. Finished work. It was a Friday night. I finished work, drove down to, to Geelong. It was cold. It was wet. I had the VC on Parish, and oh, it was beautiful. We hilarious. lost. We also lost. So like, yep. you know. But that's but fine. It's, it's way up When you've nicely. got a VC on a play that scores 190, you're just, who cares? Who cares? You're top of the world. Heads in the clouds. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next game. Adelaide up against GWS Saturday, 7.40 at Adelaide Oval. We've got Rory Laird here. He has an average of 90.75 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 50, 116, 75, and 122. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, the other guy to take note of in this game is Jordan Dawson. He's got an average of 92.25 in his last four games with scores of 97, 94, 86, and a 94. But uh, it's more so his recent form line. That has caught the eye. Uh, it's been up and down, largely so. But uh, and his past two of his past three scored a one forty nine and a one twenty seven. So um, yeah, he's kind of um, started to recapture that early season form yeah. ever so slowly. Um, so one to look at potentially. Yep. And in the l- second last game of the round, North Melbourne up against Hawthorne Sunday at one ten at Marvel Stadium. 
Just got one guy here, and it is James Sicily, the Sicilian. He has an average of 107 in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 112, 105, 97, and 114. And we have spoken about his three and five round averages. So uh, we don't need to say anything else. No, he's a, he's a, he's a big option. Um, yep. Let's round it up the last game. West Coast up against Richmond on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Optus Stadium. Timmy Taranto, he's got an average of 89.75 in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 118, 102, 61, and a 78. Uh, he's had a bit of a dip in form in his mm. past two games with a 72 and 84. Copped a little bit of attention. Uh, but prior to that, uh, he had scores of 118, 147, 111, 136, and 128. Um, but again, it's uh, yeah. it's probably the disposal efficiency again, which is seeing him come unstuck. And again, as I always say, he's more of an AFL fantasy option um, as opposed to super coach, which I'll probably stick by again. Uh, but again, up against West Coast, uh, they concede a fair few points to opposition mids. In fact, they concede the most by far and away. Uh, positive plus 10 correlation um, to uh, opposition midfielders. So again, who knows uh, if you're lacking for options, if you want a bit of a pod, because uh, a lot of people will probably lock in VC and captaincy scores uh, in the games prior to that. So yeah, mm. is an option. Yes. Now uh, let's jump into our captaincy head to head. And mm. I locked in Neil and Damon, yes. you went for Dacos. Now, I'm pretty sure we both had other options that we were considering this week. Yes. And I think you, was it Bont for you? I was, I was going between, uh, yeah, in that same game, Bont and Dacos. And I was like, stuff it. I'll go for Dakes. I think you, uh, you backed me in as well. Uh, and said, yeah, go for Dakes. And as it turned out, cause I would have uh, gone for Neil. I couldn't choose Neil, of course, cause I went for him the week prior Rainfall. up against yeah. West coast. West, no, where did they play? I can't remember who they played, um, but I went for Neil that week prior. Um, so I wasn't able to get him in, unfortunately. So, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Richmond, they and, played. Richmond. Yeah. I was going for Merritt. So interestingly, had I gone for Merritt and you gone for Dacos, I would have lost by three points. Yes. So six point turnaround. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So, yeah, help me get the win, Neil. Thank you very much, The Hobbit. Three points. Pegged it back. Pegged it back very, very slightly. He's a good Hobbit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Gollum. <laughs> yeah, Liam. He's in the green the f- room. He is, the, he is in just, the green room. We, we just wheel him out when we need it. Yeah. He's marvelling over Frank some green. He's marvelling over a, a super coach uh, ring. Uh, it's over there, actually. I'll uh, grab it in a moment. But uh, whilst I go and grab that ring, Liam, and I'll uh, display it, I'll rip it out of the hands of Gollum. Um, you get first crack this week at the captaincy and pre-episode. I was I was boasting <laughs> like an idiot. I was like, I was like, I've got the first choice this week, and I all need to know who I'm going to go for. And then you're like, you gave me this puzzled look, and I was like, wait a second, maybe I don't have the first pick. Do you have the first pick? And we're like, yes, yes, you do have the first pick. So I've I've shown my hand. So if you want to go for this guy. I I reckon do it because I'm actually in my super coach team itself. I'm going to put this guy as my VC regardless. So um, it's up to you. There's actually quite a few um, decent options this round. Probably not as much as last round, but um, there's a few. So Liam, who are you going to go for? I just want to, I just want to go all out. And I, so 
just for reference, Damon is referring to Tim English. Yep. Um, who I am tempted by because Sydney do, do give away like the second most points or third most points to to Ruckman as well. But no, you wanted him, Damon. I'm going to no, give him to you. No, 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 don't, no, don't, no, 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 no. Because because this because is like this is the not, battle. But the this was supremacy. also like. Uh, this is no, this one's not the battle for ultimate supremacy. This That's is the, the secondary. <laughs> what's 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 the peg below ultimate supremacy? Um, I don't know. Runner up. Runner um, up supremacy. Um, yeah. So I am. I was gonna go for Parish. I just I just have this feeling, like the stars are aligned. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it a full moon as well? Haven't oh, seen the. No, um, I should check that. Should check that. Yeah, should check that. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a feeling. It's gone well. Um, I'm kind of at the point of the season where I just want to throw some. I, I like VC captains and pods at this stage because it's really the only way that you're going to really get a leg up when you've got no trades. To, like, you know, when you're not making trades to to increase mm. your team. So I think throwing a VC pod out there or C pod, sorry, pod C out there is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go with Darcy Parrish, lock him in. Ooh. I like it. Okay. Well, uh, and I've just had a quick look for you as well in terms of the full moon. No, it's not. It's uh, it's actually uh, going past a third quarter moon. So uh, it's about a half moon at the moment. Um, so yeah, just for reference, uh, <laughs> if you need to know that. <laughs> next next thing you know, next year we'll be looking at uh, captaincy options based upon the uh, the, the weather, signs. the star signs, uh, the full moon, red moon, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yep. Okay, Liam, you've uh, you've you've done a nice. Nice thing for me, but how funny is it if English goes like a one sixty and then Parish hits his one ninety again? We'll yeah. uh, we'll we'll hop back to this uh, this moment. Um, I may but, also uh, be forecasting forward. Oh, you've done this again! You've done it again. No, I actually haven't because oh, okay. English plays Essendon and Essendon doesn't give away many points to Ruckman, but we don't uh, know who's going to ruck because we've got bloody no Ruckman left. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, so, my other option was Dacos, who mm. obviously can't go because I went for him on the weekend. Um, so he's my backup option. I would have gone for if I couldn't go for English. If you went for him, I would have gone for Dacos. Couldn't go for him. So then who knows who I would have gone for. Maybe Parrish. Maybe I would have gone Parrish as a bit of uh, just to take your man. But uh, here, here's the Hobbit's ring. Oh, yes. That's a super coach championship ring. Hobbit's <laughs> ring. <laughs> It was a little bit more Schmeagle than that. <laughs> it was a bit more Schmeagle. I can't fit it on my knuckle. <laughs> are you going to take that out, Damon, this year? Uh, who knows? Well, of course, this is going to be uh, what gifted to uh, the winner of our league. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, Gollum is uh, – I'll give it back to you, Gollum. There you go, mate. Off he goes. Thank you. <laughs> Getting less and less like Gollum, surprisingly. Yes, off he goes. Um, but anyway, uh, so rounding us out uh, in terms of, of course, you uh, got the leg up over me on the weekend, um, and that back. takes you to nine wins. Uh, oh, sorry, seven wins to you and nine wins yep. to me. Uh, and the total, you pegged it back by three points. What was it three points? You. So uh, you're well within um, striking distance of ultimate supremacy whatever you want to call it for captaincy head to head medium supremacy, <laughs> medium supremacy. Yeah. We'll go with that medium rare. Uh, but anyway, Liam, let's round out the episode by delving in to that, uh, that segment where a lot of people sending questions 
and we answer them. And people people send in their their versions of this. Oh, of course, I forgot. And how could I forget? So let's throw to the first submission. And of course, uh, if you want to send in your uh, your very own rendition of I got to know, or I got to know, or I got or however to you know. want to do it, I just, whatever way I you want to do yeah. it, in, something different. Yeah, however you want to do it. Yeah. So straight faced. Uh, yep. Excited. Side mouth. Uh, all that sort of. Yeah, anyway, if you want to do that, send it in. So this is the first submission that has been sent in by Darren Harris. So take yes. it away, Darren. Super Coach Edge. I got to know. Well, there we go. That <laughs> is a very, very nice I love uh, this. first up. This is uh, the best. I got to know. Um so it's 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 sort of giving the uh giving the fans, the listeners, the viewers of Super Coach Edge a voice. Yes. Um so thank you for that. Daz, the Dazzler, we'll call him. Um, a regular listener and one of my fellow competitors in one of my uh, cash league uh, yes. hot shots um, and another league as well that he actually runs. So thank you so much for that, Darren. And it is, of course, I got to know. So in I got to know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, where we answer your burning questions. So Liam, do you want to take it away? Yes, let's get off with the first question. It's a good place to start. And it is from regular question asker, the Duke at... Mm, the Duke. The Duke um, on Twitter because he doesn't have an E. In oh, his, there's no E. In his, it's name just, must have been taken. The oh, Duke. his E was the just Duke. broken on the keyboard. But his E works at the end. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> Come on, Damon. Come on. Sticky, sticky keys. Is it... <laughs> he asks, God is it worth why. going from... <laughs> He asks, is it worth going from three injury trades to one to get Sheasel to Sicily? Also, Banks or Harvey? I'm going to answer the second part of that question. Okay. I think for mine, I'd probably go Harvey over Banks. Yep. Um, I think Harvey's got good job security. I don't know if it's good, but it's got better job security. I just think in the team that he's in, like you probably aren't going to drop him. I feel like north the the, the three north supporters will drop the fence and and take out Ratten. Um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm yeah probably more on the fence there. Uh, in terms of Sheezel to Sicily, if it's tending from three trades to one, I don't know personally. Like yes, it's it's a risky move. It depends on I think where you're ranked. Cover. Yeah, the cover you've got across your other lines. Mm-hmm. Um what you're playing for. Yeah. What your team looks like. Yeah. I think, I think playing devil's advocate, if he does have cover across, across yeah. most of his lines, um, especially in defense, um, just because surely it's not going to happen again. Lightning striking three times with Sicily getting suspended again. Just um, but just, just imagine like, you gotta, you gotta think of like the worst case scenario in the back end of the year. Like, um, as we know, like injuries hit, suspensions can just as frequently with these sling tackles and whatnot. Um, just ask that man that you're looking to bring in in Sicily. Um, so yeah, if you've got cover, I'm all for it. If you don't, and you may potentially need to use one of those trades as an injury trade, um, I'm 50 50. But I think, yeah, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, a sheasel to Sicily in terms of the amount of points he could gain. And just looking at his rank, I think he was ranked around about, he's ranked inside the top 200 last round. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he is coming out of the round, but he's still kind of in the mix. So considering where he's at, I don't mind that risk in itself because it is high reward. Uh, yeah. And there wouldn't be many owners of Sicily in the top 150. 
um, where he's kind of pushing. So in yeah, that I context, I don't mind it. Yeah, I agree. I think in that context, it makes sense. Yep. Very nice. Well, all the best with that. Duke, let us know how you go and what, uh, what you end up doing. Uh, Empa, of course, one of the regular listeners, one of our uh, longtime supporters, Empa, at Empa underscore X. He asks us, who have you locked away for your 2024 sides this year? This year? What about next year? Not locked away 2024, 2024 sides yet. Uh, he says, for me, Dacos, Bont, English, Butters are my first picked in each line. We don't mind them, but Liam, you made a very nice observation there, which kind of led into a, a bit of a further discussion yeah. point with Butters. Yeah, I mean, I just a question. Does Butters, I don't know the answer to this um, in any way. Does Butters get defensive, sorry, for, forward status still? Like, I don't know what his what his percentages are, um, but that would be interesting to see because he might miss out. You you would you would think that he's kind of on the lower end of the scale. Uh, comparing 2022, which of course is when he got the mid-forward uh, eligibility heading into this year. Uh, yeah. So this year he's uh, CBA average is 57%. Last year, his average was 38% CBAs. Yeah. So you'd probably think, Based off that, you'd say not. he's probably not going to get forwards eligibility. Yeah, um, which is going to make it hard. And we kind of branched off into a, yeah. a bit of a tangent discussion, which we might sort of bring up towards the latter end of the season uh, where we try and pick our best, you know, 22, all those guys we're going to target heading into next year. So it's probably a little bit too early at this stage um, where we can digest, you know, the, the split uh, across the field, CBAs, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, just briefly... Uh, just going through the top candidates this year, uh, Josh Dunkley, you'd think he's going to lose his forward he status. He won't get forward status. Errol Goulden, he, he probably does likely. Yeah. Um, Timmy Taranto, he's pretty much been played yeah, full-time be. mid. Yep. Uh, Rosie played full-time mid yeah, compared really. to last year. He will probably lose forward status. Um, and Cogs. Cogs is probably uh, the best of the lot. Best of the lot who could maybe like retain the most it. Li- like the most likely to retain is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So we're losing potentially four of the best <clears throat> um, top six forward Which options is what, there this in, year. In fairness, I will say, having looked at, like I, I did a bit of analysis on this, the start of last year. So at the start of the year, that's not unusual. Um, mm, yeah, it's true. Forwards are very hard to predict because they move out of that line most likely because pretty much it's always a forward mid who's the best scoring forwards. Um, and then they lose their forward status because they're, they're scoring because they're mids. Um, I think, again, not knowing, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to answer that question. I can't answer the forward question until we actually see yeah. who's a forward. Yeah, but uh, something to forecast is a bit of a, a bit of a nice discussion point anyway, but maybe maybe you could replace him with maybe a keys, who again yeah, is getting keys. more forward time, which means that it uh, could be a bit of a blessing in disguise, could... Uh, retain forward mid status next year, potentially. Um, but yeah, we'll dive into that discussion point uh, in a bit more detail imp later in the season, uh, the back end, uh, when we kind of recap things and look forward. Uh, Liam, the next question has been sent in by TK, another regular listener, if you are. Yes. And TK at TK underscore Mac underscore 22, he asks, who do you think is the number one pod to move you up the ranks from here outside Sicily? So we can't pick Sicily here. 
Um, I think for me, I'm going to go, well, you'd probably just have to have a look at the players, rank them by ownership, um, or sorry, by total points, or maybe average. Average is probably better at this stage of the year, obviously, Mm. um, because it's how they score on the run home. Um, And then just look across at their ownership. So Sicily is at 11.7% at the moment. Uh, Chera is at 3.4%. Chera is a good one. He's probably a good one. Um, He hasn't really got... The only issue I think for Chera is he doesn't necessarily have the ceiling. Yeah. He's actually, he's, to, to he's his credit. He's got some decent scores. 129, 132, 127, yeah. 130. Um, yeah, actually, it's not as bad as I think. In recent times, he's actually picked up his, um, yeah. his ceiling scores and more so his floor, I think, more than anything, probably what you're yeah. referring to there. Um, but yeah, Chera maybe. Um, Parrish, 2.3%. Parrish is another big one that I think could go big. From time um, to time, Sean Darcy. Yep, a five point four. I mean, it's just hard at this stage of the season. Like pods, I actually don't think there's many pods that are going to power you up the yeah. the ranks at this stage. Yeah, because um, you're pretty much you're comparing them, outscoring the more higher owned um, options in yeah. that same line. I sometimes like to look at the three round average because I kind of think yeah. you want to see who's in form. Yep. Um, but really based off that, the only other player we can probably add in there is Dan Houston, but he scored 85 mm. on the weekend. Yeah, um, which is kind of what referred to in last yeah. week's episode, like that he has that knack for for losing those um, or having a lower floor complete, compared to, say, like a Doherty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, even then. And then Doherty... the only other one that really appears here is McCluggage, and he's really just on the basis that, Dunks isn't in the team. Opportunity, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, tough one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very much so. Um, but, yeah, I think Sicily um, is probably the only one I'd be going for on a pod LDU? basis. 5. Yeah, LDU, you spoke of. Another, yeah. another potential. Yeah. Um, maybe a Petrarca. I think his ownership might have uh, gone up there now. Uh, yeah, he's 26.8. Yeah, wow. Okay, shit. He's, he's he's owned more than what I thought he would be. Probably off the back of Oliver. I think a lot of people would have done the jump across to him. Nick Martin, I'm telling you now. Okay, Nick Martin, <laughs> one twenty-seven on the weekend. He's just he's had he did have a downer last week. I will say. So yeah, maybe not. but prior to that, like that's the really the only down score aside from that. He scored one twenty, one twenty-nine, one thirty-nine, one twenty-four, and then yeah, the one twenty-seven um, with the seventy-nine in between. Don't mind for you. Forward. Yep. Very good. Well, uh, let's move on to the next question. And it has been sent in by Mark Cusadia. Uh, uh, Mark Cusadia at Mark Cusadia. Uh, thoughts on trading Dunks and Sheldrick for Mills and Butters. Future of She's, who we, we kind of uh, delved into uh, that chat about him. So I want to touch on that. Uh, six trades left. Uh, well, he's actually yeah, quite, quite a few trades up his sleeve compared to the uh, majority, I reckon, at the pointy end. Um, but trading dunks, not a big fan of that. He probably will be only out for maybe this weekend coming and will return after that. And he's someone again, who's a, a lock and load F one. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't want to be trading him out and then left high and dry with, uh, everyone else having him Yeah, and you're missing out on his big scores. Um, and then Sheldrick, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's probably asking both of these questions in combination. Dunks and Sheldrick for Mills and Butters, not a fan. Um, I think you're probably losing points by going Dunks down to Butters and Sheldrick up to Mills. 
maybe gaining a little bit, but um, yeah, the net gain, I think is going to be negative. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I'd add anything to that. I think you're also using trades you don't need to. Mm. If you really, if I was going to do it, I'd probably trade Sheasel first. Yep. She's trying to I don't know cheese. if you've got the cat, the cash to do that, but yeah, as we said, I'd rather to do she's to, yeah, or even if, if she's is in your forward line, get him to mm. butters, like yeah, and Sheldrick to Mills potentially. But again, that feels like a bit of much of a muchness. Butters doesn't necessarily have a high floor. Yep. And Butters as well is going to drop more cash. And that's think. the other thing, yeah. Uh, his break even's 141. <clears throat> already gone down 25.7K on the weekend with a break even. Yeah, that 141. And he's only been scoring. Yeah, well, he hasn't scored anywhere near that since round 10 when he scored the 184. Since then, he's gone 104, 105, 118, 99, 109, and 81. Yeah. So he's going by those numbers in recent form. He's going to drop more cash. So uh, you could probably hold off and wait for him. Um, let's round it out with the last couple of questions, Liam. Uh, this yep. next one up, Simon. Simon Lawther at Simon underscore Lawther. He asks simply steel or mills. I recuse myself from answering this question. Uh, well, you could answer it based upon uh, the move. Get steel made. in. Get steel in because he's out of my side. So therefore he has, uh, touched the he's gone bathed himself in the, holy the fountain water. of youth, the holy water, <laughs> and he's now healed. Yep, he is all healed. He's like he's uh what cleansed himself of the Liam demons, the yep. voodoo. <laughs> so definitely get stealing because Mills, it's not looking good for him. <laughs> <laughs> cleansed out the demons. Um, yeah, it's steel or mills. Who knows from here on out? Um, it's a 50 50, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. Are they, yeah, what are their prices? Actually, mills is uh, actually priced around about uh, 47k cheaper. Uh, 47, four, five, six, yeah, 47k. Based off uh, that, I'd probably only just go for mills. Mm, That's probably the only reason point. that, yeah, if makes me go one way or the other. No, I'm uh, I'm pretty much on the fence, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'd, I'd go go for that as well based upon uh, the cheaper option in Mills. I think um, if you're only really considering steel based off his last score, yeah, I then bias. yeah go for Mills. If you were considering Mills before, like if you're still considering Mills, because despite the fact he scored 99, then I think go for Mills. If you're only considering steel because he scored 140 on the weekend, then Go for meals. Yep. No, I agree with that. Last question. Last question, rounding it out with Scott Walding on Facebook. He asks, might be a bit late, but thoughts on Zeebel now? You're not late at all, mate. We've got you in. Um, think he plays now that Logue has done an ACL, but who knows? Even if he's named, I'm contemplating a trade. Have Weddle at D7 currently. Two trades left, but have 260K in the bank, so I can get him to Sicily in one Ooh, trade. Ooh. Do it. Don't even ask. Yep. Do it without without even um, reading out the rest of the question, which I will do in a moment. Yes, do it. Um, team, otherwise complete. Again, do it. Do it. Tick tick. Thanks for all the work and info, lads. Uh, thank you for tuning in and for your support, Scotty. Yes. Um, I pretty much answers top that. Fan. I think. Um, top fan. Also, the little diamond that he's got, little icon um, on Facebook, so shows that he is. Uh, one of our regulars. So thank you for the support, Scotty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to answer that question, Simple. I think even even if Siebel gets more opportunity, yeah, it probably he means he sheds really himself been... of the uh, of the sub vest. 
really. They don't invest anymore, but anyway, of the sub um, role. So, but I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, I'm just having a look at Zebel's scores. I mean, obviously had that one big 179, mm. but other than that, 123, 114, 111, 107, like a Sicily scores 114 in the first quarter. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think if I had I've only got hundred yeah. in the bank and I can't quite afford going straight cheesel to Sicily, but if I could, I probably would. Um, I'd be super super tempted. Yeah, so, I, I think based off that, especially even cover with cover at D7 going out, I don't think it's gonna get Zebel to Sicily level. No, you've got cover. You've got two trades left. You're only going to do it with one, so you have one trade left after after Sis uh, Zebel to Sis. Do it. Yep. Do it. Do it. I like it. I like it. Well, hopefully that helps you out, Scotty, and likewise, everyone else that has sent in a question. Um, now, Liam, before we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 17. Yes. And we've got a carryover leader. Who would have thought? Yeah. Adam with his team all too hard. And uh, he had a round score of 2,620. Big, big score there. Yeah, and he powered up the rankings from 23rd to 19th overall. Keep going, Adam. Well done. Well done Keep Adam. going. Fly the flag for Supercoach Edge. Uh, keep going, mate. But uh, the the Paris flag, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. We really need to get some sort of flag. We'll, we'll, we'll get a flag. Don't worry. We'll uh, need to add onto our props, not just have the, uh, the captain's hat. We're going to be decked out with a Pirates patch, hook, everything for I'm next really season. I'm really looking around. I've got nothing that... Maybe, maybe if we hit the, uh, the 1K subscriber mark on YouTube, some of the monetization can go towards some of those, those, uh, those visual props. We'll declare ourselves a sovereign nation. Yep, exactly right. Super coach edge. <laughs> Uh, but the top scorer for the round was Matthew with his team. Love this team name. Will Gould play. Will Gould <laughs> play. Uh, with a round score of 2,692, Whoa. if you don't mind. Massive. And his round rank for the uh, for that was uh, 125th uh, high score. Yeah, wow. Massive. So well done to you, Maddie. Now on to the Patreon exclusive group. Why don't we even do this? We should just record ourselves and just no, play it back. It is T so Prostitutes Inc., Jonas Goat, again, he is the leader. Of course he is, because he is absolutely flying. He is up with a round score, sorry, of 2,581. He has gone up from 166th to 154th overall. Keep going, Jonas. Well done. I assume your name is Jonas. Yeah, and I, just let us know what your actual name is. I have a feeling that it's like a pseudonym. Like it's not, yeah, like Goat surely isn't your surname either. But you got a T here. I'm, I'm going to guess that it's Travis. What Travis. are you going to say? Why Travis? I don't know. Just maybe I'm thinking about Travis, Travis Barker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was where I went. I don't know why. Though. Yeah. Uh, um, could be, could be a Tom, could be Trent. Tom's probably Trent. the more common. I was thinking Trent. Trent. Okay. Let us know, know Joe. That's just humorous. You don't have to tell us obviously your surname being goat. If it is goat, then you're the goat. Um, but yeah, let us know if we're along like the lines of, uh, or if we're correct. We'll see. Humorous. Anyway. Humorous. Um, top scorer but, for the round. <laughs> top scorer for the round was Matthew uh, with his team, Texas Legends, with a score of 2,618. So very nice score by you, Matty. Nice. And in terms of our Patreon-exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results looked like this. Pumperball FC, he was defeated 2,368. 
by the Sharpshooters 2,460. So a big win there. Uh, Matthew with his team, Tun618, he scored 2,573, defeating Carps Crushers 2,402. Another big win there. Mm. Damon, you took on Peter. What happened? Yes, the father-in-law. The father-in-law. 2,589 was your score, and you defeated mm. Tankers 2,495. Not, yeah, uh, just under 100, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was defeated by Scott oh, uh, Black on White, 2,555, defeating me 2,509. And I have to say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty livid about it. He was relying on Chessa. I've held Chessa this whole time, and he's done nothing for me whenever I've needed him. Yep. And he just worked against me. It was it was Chessa and someone else, wasn't it as well? Chessa and Hewitt, I think, scored out of their skins. Yeah, Hewitt scored Hewitt, 80 on. Uh, yeah. From West Coast. Elijah, Elijah Hewitt. Yeah. Yeah. Got uh, bulk CBAs <sighs> and uh, played well to his credit, but yeah, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't good for you, Liam. Just it's not good for me. It was not what I needed. Wasn't good Let's for anyone. Let's look at the ladder now, Damon. Yep. So the ladder, uh, league ladder, also the league ranking is 14th out of 1,187 Ooh. leagues. So well done to all of us. Um Top in the table is myself. Uh, thankfully, uh, DJ trade a lot, um, and I am on 13 wins ahead uh, by po- points scored overall by around about uh, 206. Um, no, yeah. 206. No, it's less. Yeah, 206. Uh, and then the sharpshooters, they yeah. are in Brett in second spot, um, obviously behind there with the points scored. Uh, Matt with his team, ton 618. Uh, Emperor, of course, third spot on eight wins. In fourth spot, black and white, Scott Arthur with seven wins. Fifth spot is Uliam, Church of Parish with six wins. Ahead on points of Popperball FC in sixth spot in six wins with six, six wins. Cubs Crushers uh, in seventh spot, six wins also. And Tankers rounding us out <laughs> uh, with five wins. And I laugh because I am casting my mind back to the request that was sent through. <laughs> uh, on our live stream on Thursday, team sheet announcements, and someone requested, um, can Pete, considering that he gave us the chili pies, can he... Which were delicious, by the way. Oh, absolutely delicious. Uh, delicious. And they weren't too hot on the way in, but on the way out, like, that's, <laughs> that's where you could feel the triple chili, that's for sure. Um, but uh, the request was, could Pete potentially partake in the uh, the hot pie challenge uh, if he does end up finishing last and uh, he laughed, he laughed it off, but uh, I like it. I like it. He's not keen though, is he? I'm not keen. <laughs> You're the not poor man. Keen. Yeah. The poor man. Yeah. That's, that's a bit too harsh of a punishment. Even though I willingly ate mine the other day, um, I would probably take it back and probably eat half a pie at a time just because of how much it burnt. It was a burning ring of fire. Let's just say that like, mm. gee whiz, it's uh and it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire. <laughs> so <laughs> that Liam, as I sing us out to the outro, brings us to the end uh, of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our social channels? Yes, on YouTube. If you search Supercoach Edge, you'll find us there. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, on Twitter, we'll find you'll you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and eventually threads. 
Supercoach yep. Edge. Search that and that's where we'll be. Very nice. And as always, if you love the content we provide, as you mentioned there, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel and help us in our pursuit of hitting 1K by the end of the season. We've had an uptick. We've had a bit of a rise uh, by the uh, by the grace of uh, Abs helping us out um, as a, the kind-hearted yep. man that he is on uh, on Twitter. Uh, did a bit of a shout-out. Um, but uh, also, we uh, drummed up a bit of... Uh, we rallied the troops on the uh, live stream, got a few extra subs through that. But if you can help us out, help us to help you because you will be benefiting and reaping the rewards by the, uh, the, I guess the extra cash leagues we're offering next year, giveaways, merch, all that sort of stuff. So uh, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button and help us on our way so we can help you help us help you. Uh, yes. You know what? As a bit of an incentive, maybe I'll even turn up to a live stream. Oh, exactly. <laughs> only exactly. people like and subscribe. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It, I won't be there. Yep. Uh, you've heard that. You've heard that first here. Uh, <laughs> but that's it for another episode. Thanks as you always for tuning in. I have unsubscribe so I don't turn up. <laughs> oh, uh, just give us a give us a thumbs down or something, or just let us know in the comments. Um, yeah. Don't 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 undo all the good work that we've done so far by other people uh, jumping on our back can, and, and uh, uh, riding us down the fairway. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, all the best for the round ahead. Hopefully. Uh, it is kind to you, and we'll catch you same time, same place. I'll see you then. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.